a snack does not describe it it doesn't come close to trying to describe Michael B Jordan in any close <laughs> you can't it's true I just I've been I've been wrapping my brain around it all day. Yeah. I've been trying to think of how you describe him in some cool hip teen internet slang. And I just don't think a snack is good enough. No, no, no. There's a lot more. Um, he's a lot There's more. There's a lot filling. more food at the table, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't just a bag of chips. This is a five course meal prepared by Niles Crane, Fraser's <laughs> brother from the TV show Fraser, R.I.P. John Mahoney, who passed away last week. <laughs> okay, bringing it down a little bit. He was old. <laughs> it touched a lot of people. So okay, so like in their hearts, I should so say. We've sexually objectified Michael uh, B. Jordan, every, America's greatest actor, Michael B. Jordan. Um, I was trying to think of who uh, in Men in Black, if Michael B. Jordan was Will Smith's character, who would be Tommy Lee Jones? Oh, that's and a I good settled question, on who? Harvey Bardem, <laughs> and I'm not sure if it was the right decision. No, but it was the one I wanted. That's confusing. That adds, Isn't it super confusing? Yeah, that adds a fun new little flavor to the mix. Little wrinkle. Yeah, because instead of like Tommy Lee Jones' weird conservative dad uh, menace that he's got, you've got Javier Bardem's like at any moment he could <laughs> rip something off of you. Yeah. I was just trying to think of who's like the equivalent to our generation's Tommy Lee. Sorry. Uh, like, who's our generation's Tommy Lee Jones? Mm -hmm. Only because, like, one, I fucking love Tommy Lee Jones. Dude is awesome. Have you seen the movie where he has to uh, be a surrogate father to five cheerleaders that are, like, uh, it's Have amazing. you seen the movie Double Jeopardy with Tommy Lee Jones? I don't think I have, actually. Where, okay, well, spoiler alert for the end. Sorry, gang, I'm spoiling <laughs> Double Jeopardy at the end. So uh, the main character is goes to prison for killing her husband, but mm -hmm. twist, he's not dead. Oh, no. So at the end of the movie, so she's escaped from prison. Tommy Lee Jones is the, like, federal marshal who's trying <laughs> to course. track her down. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones has never <laughs> uh, not been part of a horrible institution in a movie. <laughs> so true. And, oh <laughs> yeah. and so she kills her husband again in front of Tommy Lee Jones, a federal marshal, witnesses a crime happen and goes, you know what? You've already been charged for killing your husband and because of double jeopardy, you're free to go. You can't be charged for the same crime twice. You're free to go. It's like it's like robbing the same liquor store over and over again. Like they can only really get you once. It's crazy because he was also in the fugitive where Harrison Ford was like, I didn't kill my wife, and he's like, I don't care. Where's the consistency? I don't know. I also I literally was just thinking back to every Tommy Lee Jones movie I know, and in every single one he's part of an institution. No, yeah, as a law a, enforcement that is officer. A fact. A fact. <laughs> Anyways, this is media majors. Sure is. I tell stories. As does Tom, our co-host. <laughs> I'm tired. You contain multitudes. I am a royal we. Uh, my name is Liam Senior. I talk about Tommy Lee Jones, and specifically <laughs> movies and TV. I actually haven't talked about Tommy Lee Jones at all on this podcast before. Yeah, uh, and I'm Tom Lockney, and I talk about the culture of video games and the internet. And the culture. Hey. Oh, boy, yeah, because every week we center our stories around a theme, and this week that theme is cults. So I thought, you know, we talk, we joke a lot about on this show about how I don't like the culture of video games and gamers specifically. And I figured, you know what, like in lieu of a uh, legit story, let's, you know, qualify that a little bit. And I just want to talk about 
what I think a lot of people would describe as the cult of video games and why I think that that's actually kind of a misnomer. Uh, it's, it's reductive and inaccurate in like very important ways. So, okay. Like the, the Miriam Webster, oh boy, this is the most hacky thing in the world. The Miriam Webster dictionary definition for cult is a great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. So, so like the definition of a cult or a member of a cult would be somebody who has like blind devotion to something outward from themselves. And I kind of want to talk about like why I think that that's not the case. Cause there is, cause when I initially was trying to do this story, quote unquote, uh, I was talking about something that happened on Twitter recently. Maybe you've seen it. The hashtag gamers are good. Oh, God, no. Oh, I don't follow games people on Twitter. Bless you. I follow I follow fucking shitposting Simpsons accounts and nothing else. So there's really like not... This is also part of the reason that I'm not doing a story this week is because like, man, this story starts and ends so quickly. There was a guy... You're gonna get whiplash. Yeah, oh boy. There was a guy uh, named Mark... Or is a guy named Mark Kern. He was a lead on vanilla wow he's like he he holds like a lot of clout in games because he's he's kind of like a industry veteran but he's a huge fucking piece of shit shocker like, yeah yeah he he uh was super both sidesy uh but clearly lent, leaned towards one side during gamergate <laughs> hmm. yeah, yeah 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 shocker and his Wonder views have sucks. not improved and he tweeted the other week on the 8th of february uh, quote, there is an entire generation that has never known the stigma to be a nerd, that computers or games were uncool, and that nobody wanted to learn STEM for fear of being shamed as a geek. I'm going to get into why this is stupid in like two seconds, but basically it culminates in him saying, we're gamers, we are not bigots, we are not misogynists, and we're not letting you get away with calling us that anymore or trying to shame us or bully us. We're inclusive. We want you in games, and that's that. So shut up and I'm listen I'm gonna fuck your wife. We're here to stay. Hashtag geeks are good. Even within that statement, like, we want you here. Now shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> Shut up. Like, sit down i fucking hate this guy so fucking much but i thought it would be interesting to talk about just this this persecution complex that a lot of gamers have and and by the way when i use gamers here in this context of this story i'm specifically referring to it as it is as it is being used in this context gamers is like overwhelmingly when used like this, cis het white guys like that's who we we're, did it, everybody. Like that's who we're talking about. Bum, bum, bum. Cis het white guys were the least yeah. interesting person on the planet. That's that's who. That's. Would you like to hear about how we like IPA beers, or perhaps the band Neutral Milk Hotel? Oh God, that's a, you know what I just said. That's a very specific cis hat white guy let me try that again would you like to hear about how we marginalize everyone around us like rampant dragons of awful yeah uh, nailed it that's when when in this episode when we're referring to gamers uh we're referring to cis hat white guys because that's who they are referring to yeah uh them and also like the occasional outliers who clearly are are just like identity tools so people like ian miles chong 
who, I mean, like, I don't think anybody respects him or thinks he's not even a little hey ian miles chong if you're listening to this dm me i will fist fight you in my apartment (laughs) parking lot and i will beat you up and laugh the whole time so yeah like i don't think even his supporters like think that he's a smart guy he's literally smurf guy he's literally just like a tool to them because he's a writer who regurgitates a lot of the same flawed talking points that they do but like let's let's think about this from the beginning, back when video games were first starting to get big. 2K men create fire. I mean, like, who who are the people in charge? Who are the people who are being given, like, very recently at GDC, Nolan Bushnell is nearly awarded, uh, like, I believe it was the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, and he does not deserve that. He created a horrible culture. But, like, he is he's very indicative of the type of person who was making decisions and who held institutional power within the industry the people and and by the way that's not to erase the fact that like there were female developers there were people of color and like guess what y'all there were also trans people and and a million other identities like but but the ones that we heard about and the ones that the culture uplifted were you know your your johns carmack and romero at id again no yeah yeah Nolan Bushnell. <laughs> he's gonna call me a bitch. Oh God. <laughs> oh no, he's gonna make me by his bitch. <laughs> so, so these are the people that are propped up by the culture because they're the ones with power. They're also the ones signing the checks. I mean, like, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a lot of, uh, of, I mean, like non cis hat white administ- uh, male administrative power in a lot of the big publishers, especially a lot of the. Cl- current and former culture makers in the industry you know the expression cream rises no the cream rises shit sinks so it's best people always rise to the top people um i like to think of when you look at like a big company a big like media company be it a video game company movie tv whatever you'll look at like the lower tier important people and that's when you see like the most diversity and as you get farther up it just becomes more white and dude so i think it's the complete opposite where it's like shit always rises to the top yeah yeah well because you also have to look at things economically like who who had the money to uh get the get the computer science education i'll give you a hint it's the people who are printed on the money yeah exactly it's the people who are not like constantly marginalized economically uh, by socially yeah exactly by the systems yeah no exactly um there are so many reasons why uh gaming and and a lot of other industries at the time were dominated by white dudes. Like, that's just that's Tom, just a fact. I, I have something horrible to tell you. Yeah, what? It wasn't a lot of industries at the time. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it was all industries at yeah. the time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you killed my god. I mean, like, we, I mean, we've talked about institutional racism a lot on, and, and just generally bigotry on this show before. Um, if you think that, like, that did not affect who got into each industry, you're I don't know what the you're fuck You're a fucking moron, you. or yeah. you're just being ignorant. Yeah, I mean, like, th- there is there is that ridiculous narrative that, like, oh, boy, like, I'm a real marginalized person because this hobby that I choose to enjoy uh, and pursue is not, like, is frowned upon by sportos. I, but, uh, like, also, to that end, gamers constantly make fun of people for liking sports and shit like that and by the way like that's the thing is like that's where it begins and that's where it ends is like people ribbing and making fun yeah as kids like kids get physical kids bully 
and that does have an effect on people. It is not actual marginalization as as we're talking like on a broad systemic level. Those same those Bordeaux are not acting as gatekeepers to an industry like STEM as Mark Kern brings up. There, there were no barriers of entry or success for white men. Like that's just a fact. The whole marginalized gamer narrative comes from just say nerd. Yeah, you yeah, keep yeah. not saying nerd, and I feel like that's so. There's this movie called Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, and it is incredibly holy bad shit. What a toxic in an, film in, a, in like a myriad of ways. But I think the most important thing about it is that while sure, I'm I yes, there were. I'm sure there were Jockos that bullied computer well, here's geeks. Here's the thing. I was beat up as a kid, too. Like, when I was in fifth grade, I was beat by... We had a bamboo forest, and the fifth grade is when I was in fourth grade, held me down and beat me with bamboo shoots and, like, spit on me and shit like that. I was not... That did not happen to me because I was a gamer. That I, There was never any point where, like, yeah. I was hurt or intimidated or anything because I was interested in video games. Yeah, jocks That's play Madden, narrative. fucko. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Come on. Mario... People recognize Mario more than Jesus. Like, it's not... <laughs> Yeah. You're an idiot. Also, so Revenge of the Nerds paints uh, these nerds as these, like, oh, these adorable little, look at these guys. They just can't catch a break. Oh, boy. And all they do is wear glasses. And then they proceed to commit crime and rape throughout the movie. Yeah. And it's supposed to be laughable. And I think because of that movie and what that spawned, we're sort of in this sort of whole, like, uh, this real mess of nerds and 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 that word becoming sort of this weird like gatekeeper of you know yeah you don't know their albums you don't know the comics you don't know the history of the thing you cannot join our uh pre- predominantly uh, white cishet society yeah, exactly that is not first of all like comic book movies make the most money out of any other movies. Star Wars is one of the most successful film franchises and has been since its inception. And by the way, speaking of those superhero movies, we only just got a, well, like, how long has Marvel been at it? With the Making MCU? movies? With the, with the MCU specifically, 2007 with Iron Man. 2007. Making movies, uh, 1990s. So it's been, it's been a decade since the MCU, and it's been It's been over decades. 50 years since T'Challa appeared in the comics. Exactly, and we only are just... Now they made cartoons of the Fantastic Four like ten days after the comic came yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. And and then and then you look at uh, GamerGate, which I think really is is kind of the turning point yeah. in the gamer quote unquote gamer identity. Yeah. Where, where I mean, like, uh, if you think that GamerGate was about freedom of speech, you're either a liar or are willfully ignoring the actual facts that it was a organized campaign of violent harassment of, of like swatting and shit like like actual violence against marginalized people in the games industry gamers are good is so nakedly trying to capitalize it's okay on to that be white same, like it's the same fucking ish yeah when when people are just but like that's the thing is is people constantly be like oh they they cry censorship when somebody says like hey this is kind of weird and fucked up like yeah. a game just came out called kingdom come and one of the devs has some really shitty pro Gamergate Gamergate politics that continue to this day. It's a fantasy game, and the whole idea behind it was that it was a pursuit of like, quote unquote, actual realism in in fantasy or in, in medieval times. It is not. Then like, it's not a fantasy well, game. The, yeah, exactly. It's a history game. 
but there were uh, under underrepresented and and as reports are now coming out, it sounds like poor representations of people of color. And people were like, "Hey, this game is this game's fiction. Like the whole point is that it's not real." Yes. And also, by the way, if you want to like make a historically accurate game, whatever. I mean, there are lots of limitations as to what is like truly historically accurate, but like. Guess what, y'all? People of color existed in medieval Europe. Like, they just did. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. They like, just didn't. We just, you know, the, like the, that's the just a fact. The people writing history just didn't write about them. And so, uh, people ha- have pointed out this criticism and said, "You guys are specifically not pointing putting people of color in your game. What the hell?" And now everybody, all, all these gamers, all these white men, go censorship you you want censorship and and it's that's the opposite of censorship and that's not what we want and so i had uh interaction on twitter today adam h johnson writes for fair he's a, a, a media watchdog he, he's a co-host of the citations does he like podcast. treats and tummy rubs oh i love them um and he tweeted today okay uh liberal imperialist Imperialists don't want to see the connection between military worship and gun violence and white supremacy because it would call into question the unique moral superiority of, quote, Pax America, end quote. And that's super in vogue now among Democrats, even more so than usual. Liberal, quote unquote, Hollywood engages in military worship more than any other faction of society sans professional sports. TV and film works alongside the DOD and CIA often co-produces with them around the margins uh around the margins criticism uh but mostly oorah war is hell but also super gratifying and i replied to him say uh don't forget about uh, video games that have literally been used as recruitment tools america's army is the exact game that i was referencing uh it is a it is a war video game uh funded by the military that was used as a recruitment tool like to get people in the military that's not fucking creepy there are there are plenty of other games that engage in this play a call of duty game call of duty 5 is like one of the most jingoistic things i've ever seen we talked the other week about splinter cell and i got a quote tweet from somebody that i think demonstrates this this like weird uh immediate assumption that we are calling for censorship Uh, We live in a special kind of hell where video games get blamed for every violent massacre while also being used directly to recruit people into supporting the military-industrial complex. What a riot. Quote tweet. My tweet. And this is, I mean, this is what I'm referring to to tie it back to, like, Gamergate. They're talking about as though these criticisms are censorship, but really what we're doing is just stating, like, truths that there are problems with representation and that... I mean, like, I we're not stupid. We know that we can't have these games stricken from the record or something like that. They are they are just trying to engage in a in a rhetorical argument to maintain this self-absorbed because that's what it is. It's a it's a self-absorbed love of not video games but media that caters to this cishet white man demographic. While I was thinking about this, I was questioning to myself whether or not at this point gamer is like a full-on like white supremacist term because it's close. Like it's really, there. especially after Gamergate and it's especially like the, Steve Bannon right has, and... Steve Bannon has literally admitted uh, or not admitted but just fully said, yes, Gamergate was a recruitment tool 
for my politics and my movement. Steve Bannon is a white nationalist. So I don't know. I just you just wanted to talk about how you got a bunch of Twitter activity. Today. I just, I just, I just. You braggart! I, I see what you're. Sl- no, I think it's an interesting point. I, I wanted to talk about it and and really kind of qualify why I use the term gamer so derisively because and, and I know that there are people out there who are who are not part of this demographic at all who who are not bad people and who do not harass who do use the term gamer, people who write for publications, who I know for a fact are not bigots and who do not contribute to these movements, use the term gamer. But I just personally wonder at what point is it lost, you know? At what point, and and by the way, like, this is not an identity. Gaming is not an identity, it's a hobby, just in the same way that sports is a hobby. If you if you consider gaming an identity, I, I'm I'm sorry, like it's just not. Gaming is not a cult because it, it is it is so self-absorbed. It is it is just these white men saying, Me, I'm a gamer, it's me. They're not really interested in the gaming aspect of it. They are purely engaging with it on a level of I, I guess if you want to call it identity politics that is that is where their involvement with video games begins and ends it is about preserving a cishet white male hegemony and that's what people have a problem with and that's what i think the ultimate issue with the word gamer is anyways that's that's like that's what i got that's your non story for this week yeah your uh, dissection, your dissertation. God no, not a dissertation. Nope, too late. This was a dissertation. All right, this is a class. You did work. You did homework. <laughs> you fool. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here about another show on Ye Old Network, and then we get back. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, you guys. When we get back. Ah. <laughs> uh. Back in history class, did you ever take a step back from that textbook you were reading and just think to yourself, man, these people are very dumb. Hi, my name is Eric McAdams and I have a podcast for you. It's called Big Time Whoopsies, and every other Wednesday on the Major Cast Network, I tell a guest, and you the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Big Time Whoopsies, people are dumb, and history can prove it. We're back. Uh, before I start my story, I'd like to just give a quick trigger warning. This story contains uh, violence and sexual violence against women, as well as just general emotional abuse and kidnapping. Uh, if that is not your jam, maybe skip this one. Uh, we'll put time codes for the self-care corner. Just go straight to that. Cool. In 2001, Smallville premiered on the WB and was about the life of Clark Kent before he donned the mantle of Superman. You, I have seen so much Smallville. That's and why liked, I picked this story, Tom. Liked very little of it, I have to say. Tollins Robbins Productions, production company behind the show, originally wanted to do a series about a young Bruce Wayne, but the feature film division of Warner Brothers decided to do an origin movie for Batman and said they didn't want to compete. So the Batman idea was scrapped. So in 2000, the production company was like, you know what, fuck it, we'll do a young Superman series. 
That year, they read this pilot by these two guys named Alfred Go and Miles Miller. After watching the pilot, they approach them if they want to make a show about young Superman. The two are were not comic book guys, uh, but they did make a rule, no tights, no flights, that Clark would not fly or wear the Superman suit during the series. They're just going to focus on the character of young Clark Kent. So the first actress cast was Kristen Kruk, who played Lana Lang, Clark's first love interest. Another character on the show, an original character, one not from the comic books, was Chloe Sullivan, Clark's best friend. She was played by actress Allison Mack. This is the end of the talk about Smallville. <laughs> All right. Later. Now, we're about to go. Small talk. We're about, yeah, small talk about Smallville is done. Now we're about to do a deep dive into some witchcraft. Uh, Literally not actually, but one day. So during production, Krug recounted to Mac that her boyfriend had her join this group, a marketing company who claimed to help individuals better themselves to their full potential through their classes and seminars. The company is called Enixvim, spelled N-X-V-I-M in all capital letters, like a crazy person would do. And it was founded in 1998 by Keith Rainier and Nancy Salzman. Its clients have included Richard Branson, actresses Linda Evans, Allison Mack, Chris Cook, and Nikki Klein. According to Forbes magazine, 3,700 people have taken part in its executive success program, um, including uh, the co-founder of BET, a Surgeon General of the United States, members of Ebron, and daughter and the daughter of former Mexican President Vincente Fox. So this is from the NXVIM website. Anexum is a community guided by humanitarian principles that seek to empower people and answer important questions about what it means to be human. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, what are those questions? Like, that is such an important step we need to take here. Is If I'm going to join your group, I have to know what those questions are because I'm already seeing a red flag. Oh, this is literally... I'm about to just pull a bunch of red flags out of my sleeves. Uh, the Enixvim Nix, the philosophy is expressed through a series of companies and initiatives, all of which were designed to broaden the way we currently think about problems and to help create a solution for kinder, more sustainable, ethical world. So you notice how they're saying a lot of words, but not really saying a lot of anything at all. Yeah, they're not like actually going into detail about what any of that means. Listen to this. I'm terrified. Still from the website. With unique tools that facilitate success, both internally and externally, Enixvim helps people realize the, that, that helps people realize the potential that exists within them. Mm. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Helen Keller. That was on their website. Okay. All right. How about, we, how about some quotes from Nancy and Keith's own personal websites? So Nancy Salazar spent many years speak, seeking out and mastering models of human empowerment, from neuro-linguistic programming to psychobiology to Ericksonian brief solution-based therapy. She worked with Con Edison and American Express until she met Keith Rayner and discovered an approach to personal growth that yielded powerful and permanent results. She now divides her time between developing new curriculum with Mr. Rayner's concepts, teaching advanced training, executive coaching, and studying application of rational inquiry in multiple contexts. Again, a lot of words are being said, but yeah. nothing is actually being said at all. This is a huge part of figuring out whether or not the group you just signed up for is a cult. Is a cult. Because, baby, you got a cult cooking. 
Keith Rainier is the conceptual founder of Anixfem, which is the overarching philosophy of a group of companies focusing on increasing joy and ethics in the world. Like, no, what like, does that how? mean? How? We're going to go, oh, guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to everybody's door and say, would you like a kiss? And if they say no, then we'll go, hey, it would have been nice to give you a kiss, but we'll go on to the next door. And if they say yes, then they plant a big old wet one on their little cheek. Listen to this. Listen to this fucking sentence a human being wrote. Yes. He has developed a series of educational models that offer integrative solutions. Solutions. That's the word he uses. Mm -hmm. Solutions implies problems. Problems, yes. So this is what they consider problems. Offer integrative solutions to subjects such as gender, relationships, childhood development, mind-body complex, compassionate ethics, and creative expression. None of those are problems. They're just things. Yeah, they're just just nouns. (laughs) You're just naming words, creeper. These initiatives range from an award-winning performance arts company to an early childhood education that promotes cultural, linguistic, emotional, physical, and problem-solving potential. Well, then fucking get... What are those things called? Let me see what those are. You keep telling me that there's some magic behind the curtain, but you're putting more curtains down. But I need to read you something loco. Okay. He founded Executive Success Programs in 1998 with Nancy Salzman. So ESP, that's the company name. Oh, Okay. Uh, one of the cornerstones of ESP is Rational Inquiry, Rainier's patent-pending what? technology what is that? that provides a scientific process for achieving peak human performance. More than 16,800 individuals have participated in this programs. Now, I'm no expert, Tom, but this sounds an awful lot like a cult, don't you think? It does sound a little bit like a cult, yes. Well, you know what? We're never going to know for sure unless we were actually in a class. How are we going to do that? How can we get into a class? Oh, how about we read Reddit user Cloud Leopard's in-depth discussion of a class that she went to. So her boss sent her to one of these classes. They cost around 5,000. Her boss was like super, yeah, yeah. Her boss was super high up in NXVIM. Inner promoting is like a big culty thing. So he was able to pay for her classes, Mm. which is another kind of- We'll help you get the foot in the door. No, no, what's the, what's the, 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 the recruitment, which is another recruitment method. Um, is, you know, no, there's no financial hangups to try this. The you know, first one's free. Uh, there are about 30 people total. Six or so were in the upper level leaders in the organization. A mix, most of them seemed pretty down on their luck, attended the class. The courses were expensive. They seemed to target wealthier people and upper middle class people who have kind of lost like direction in their life. Uh, it was held as at a vacation rental. It was too small for the number of people attending. The bathroom was a dead end hallway in the back of the house. Terrifying terrifying there was no escaping without everyone seeing you leave another really good strategy yeah they gave everyone white sashes to wear around their necks with other colored sashes available if you stay with the program food was promised but barely any was served during the 14 hour course that took place from 7 a.m to 9 p.m five days a week the redditor left on the second day and nixon <laughs> called and begged her to see it through but she left after seeing actress kristen Kruk who the Redditor described as looking incredibly disheveled, run down, exhausted, and scared. That's very sad. So back to Smallville, Crook gets Mac involved around 2007, and they wine and dine the shit out of Allison Mac. I mean, this group wants Al- actress Allison Mac to be part of NXFM. They bring her to their special women's-only branch of the groups called JNESS, capital J-N-E-S-S, That is what they call it. I don't know what it stands for. No one would tell me. 
for a weekend where the heiress to the Seagram's gin fortune, oh my God, Claire Bronfman, her and her sister Sarah have pledged their life to Keith Rainier and have been financially backing every single thing that he's been involved in. Oh They've spent over $150 million of their family's every, money into this. Every single time I hear about a cult thing, I'm always like, man, think of like the, the like beneficial social programs that money could get funneled into. Uh, they privately flew Allison Mack to meet Keith himself, and that's something that only happens to special members of the group. I would like to note that within the group, Keith is referred to as the Vanguard, while Nancy is known as the Prefect. All members, no matter their ranking, must refer to them by their silly dumb names. But again, this is apparently not a cult. So Mac is totally enamored by an exfam, specifically Janus. This is a quote from Allison Mac on Janus. Once I started the program, I realized what I was looking for wasn't a relationship. It was an experience about myself and in my life. And once I understand how to have that experience about myself and in my life, for me, then I can have the relationship I want or not. But I'm okay in either circumstance. She goes on to gush about the program and how it empowers women, but never once in the multitudes of interviews she's given and videos, yes, videos of her and Keith discussing these philosophies, not once does she mention what Janus does or what a Nixfem does. It's just about what they've learned, not what they're doing, not how they're applying it to the real world. And it was reported that Mac soon quickly worked her way up to be Keith's right-hand woman. Now, around that same time, a guy named Frank Parlato was a spokesman for Nixon who was fired. He felt he was wrongly fired, so he began the Frank Report, a website he still publishes to this day where he uh, publishes all of the wrongdoings of a Nixon, including their shady business dealings with the gin heiresses. All right, so this is where things take a very, very dark turn, allegedly. 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 Allison Mack recruited women for a secret wing of Enixfem called DOS. The cult's title stands for Dominus Obsequius Sororium, Latin for Master Over the Slave Woman. Yep. Yep. All right. Buckle up, bud. Oh, boy. Buckle up. All right. The women who joined were forced to go on a 500 to 800 calorie diet. You need 2,000 calories a day. Fuck. We're forced to run up to 40 miles a day. You shouldn't what? be you shouldn't be forced to do How? that. How the fuck treadmill. How I mean like on on that calorie diet, this would just destroy it would them. Kill you eventually. And they right? must refer to Keith as master. Whoa. Whoa. What's up? I mean just like How I mean doing? like the, It's oh, not a cult, Tom. They just refer to the head guy as master, but it's Jesus not a cult. Jesus God. They are brainwashed into handing over compromising blackmail material, known known to them as capital C for collateral, every single month. These can be every month, every just month. once, not enough. Nope. These can be pornographic photos, financial information, or confessions to crimes on tape. Oh my god! They are required to add new C every month via Dropbox. They must refer to Keith as master and obey his every word. The first group of women that were part of the DOS met in March 2016. Five women gathered in a home near to enter a secret sisterhood they were told was created to empower women. Sarah Edmondson, one of the participants, said she'd been told she would get a small tattoo as part of the initiation, but she was not prepared for what came next. Uh, hey, if that trigger warning really spoke to you, I'd hit that one-minute button and skip the next couple minutes. All right. Each woman was told to undress and lie on the massage table while three others restrained her legs and shoulders. 
According to one of them, their master, a top Anixum official named Laura Salzman, Lauren Salzman, wonder if any relation to co-founder Nancy, he said sarcastically, instructed them to say, Master, please brand me. It would be an honor. What the fuck? No. A female doctor proceeded to use a cottering device to sear a two-inch square symbol below each woman's hip, a procedure Jeez. that took 20 to 30 minutes. The symbol they were branded with is both Keith's initials, K-R, and Allison Mack's initials, A-M. Jesus Christ. So, so, like, literally branding them like they're, they're in their fucking property. In their, their pubic uh, uh, bone, too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, in researching this, I've seen pictures of the branding scars. Jesus Christ. They are very real. I, they yeah. definitely have a K-R-A-N-M. There's, like, no way to... And Sarah Edmondson, who a lot of this information was from, like, showed her scar and is, is talking out about it. Uh, and I would like to just say on this podcast that I believe her because yeah. of the scar that and, the branding yeah, left. And also because this would be a ridiculous thing to fabricate. To what end? To what end would somebody fabricate this? The answer is no end. It's not fabricated. But what's also so gross is that Mac, Allison Mac, is the one in charge of these women. It goes Keith, then her, then the women. That's they report to her and then she horrifying. reports. It's awful. If you're in the DOS... Every member has to recruit six more women Jesus into the. Christ. He's combined sex slaves uh, with a pyramid. I mean, yeah, scheme. this is this is like basic. This is basically just human trafficking. It is no. It, it literally yeah, is yeah. just human trafficking. Yeah, but for one person. Jesus. Kristen Kruk left Enixum in two thousand nine. God, how do you even get out of that situation? Jesus. Her boyfriend and her like just fucking were like, no, we're done with this shit. They wanted her to be in DOS, and she was like, fuck that. I mean, they couldn't get DOS off the ground for years. They had to get Allison Mack to work her way up. It is unknown if Allison Mack is, like, considered part of the DOS group or if she is, in fact, like, a new Nancy prefect, someone they have to refer to as a very creepy name. The Anixon website is still up and running. Keith has said that a certain social group was mistakenly linked to, uh, to Anixon, and he just denies everything about the DOS. Allison Mack's representation has not responded or commented at all or any of the allegations, and this all came out at the end of last year. Her website still links to Janus, so the last Janus events were in 2016. There are a bunch of, uh, in studying this, it's basically the end of my story, but in doing the research for this, I learned a lot of uh, red flags. If a social group you are joining turns out to be a cult, uh, a charismatic, unquestionable leader in her hierarchy based on more personal relationships than actual like work, mm -hmm. stuff like that. This is a cult. Yeah, plain and simple. Yeah, no, no, that's a that. I mean, like, that is. I should just come out and say it. I, 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 I was kind of willowing around it without realizing it. Like, th this dude Keith is a is a criminal. Yeah, is a rapist. He's a, yeah, he who, who is who has created a sex cult to rape women. He yeah. is a criminal and should be in jail for yeah, it. Yeah, that's horrifying. Yep. Yep. So hey, guess what, Smallville? Uh, your uh, lead actress, Allison Mack, is a big piece of shit who should be in jail. Oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah. So fuck off, Man, Chloe Sullivan. What a what a horrible person. What yeah. a horrible, awful. Truly, person. truly terrible garbage monster. Yeah. All right. Um. So on this show, we talk about uh, bummer stuff. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 Like that's that's ridiculous. That is. It is. People should know about that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um. And so we like to balance that out with stuff uh, that's good that happened in our weeks and our lives. And we call this segment the self-care corner. Liam, would you like to go first this week? Yeah, I have a feeling we're probably going to say the same thing, though. You say you say the thing that we were both going to say, and then I'll do a different one. For Fair funsies. enough. Uh, I mean, I saw Black Panther last night, and it was amazing. Yeah. Man, Black Panther it. was really fucking good. Support 
um, black artists, especially when they get opportunities like this, so that more uh, marginalized people will get opportunities like yes, this. Yes, and we'll get more opportunities from big budget companies. Hey, like we were talking about, those white men signing the checks. Yeah. Like, yep. That's what they're good at. All right. Uh, it made me laugh. It made me cry. It had the probably like with the best villain in a film I've seen in decades. Fucking Jesus And he God. is a snack. The, the entire cast is just really all very attractive. Yeah. Michael B. See Jordan, it twice. particularly so. See it twice. You're going to be super confused the first time. You're just going to be like, so many hot people fighting. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Just buy two tickets. You, you'll thank me later. Yeah. Um, uh, my self-care corner is that this week I finally, despite a hundred different obstacles, got my car registered in California and got my California driver's license. Y'all, y'all, I had a rough week cause I got, I got sick again. So I stayed home a couple of days and boy, howdy, Tom just kept going to and fro that DMV like it was a goddamn in and out. When I finally, when I finally ended up getting my registration, I had to go to three different DMVs in the same day, and it was and it was not my fault. The first one, the system shut down right when I was about to get my ticket. Uh, the second one, it was like, oh, we don't do registration here, and so then I went to the third one. What does that like, mean? I don't know. It's a DMV. How do they not what do registration in a DMV? Oh, but then I got it. Oh, this is a McDonald's, but we don't do food here. We I, just make the toys. This is a Burger King, but we don't serve the Whopper. Yeah, we serve Cajun spices. Yeah, but we do got that McRib. <laughs> it's back. So we can suck our own dicks. Um... <laughs> Yeah. Legend has it that Ray Kroc took his own rib out <laughs> so that he could suck his own dick and came up with the idea of the McRib. Yep. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can email us at Podcasts. If you've got opinions on the gamer identity, I'm sure we'll hear from you. Maybe maybe keep those opinions to yourself. <laughs> um, uh, or, if, or if you've got maybe a more uh, considered, thought-out uh, take that is not uh pro gamer gate or some bullshit like that uh that i can actually like stomach and entertain then go for it email us um if you're from edixvim fucking fight me motherfucker yeah get out of here (laughs) like you're a cult leader dude i don't give a shit come at me what are you gonna do you can't say it's slanter i've seen the brandings yeah um you can follow us at Media Majors Cast on Twitter, like the Major Cast Network on Facebook. We've got some exciting stuff, really, that's gonna, we can't talk about it yet, but come March, exciting things will start happening with the network. Um, anything else, Liam? Support marginalized creators. Support marginalized creators. Yeah, that's yeah. really what I'd like to talk this. Yeah. Yeah. Support marginalized people making stuff cuz it tends to be better. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of Media Majors. See you next week. We'll be there for <laughs> The Black Panther. And you. The most Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun. Stay nasty and stay major.